All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 427 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. Guilty of all accusations leveled at me today. I'm joined by Ken, 69th Blizzard. Hello. Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss. What's up? And Marcus Almighty Mark. Greetings. So, news going on. Um, you know, the first Australian box score dropped today, or I noticed it today. These are official figures from Polestar. Your eyes may tell you that it's accurate or not accurate. I don't really care as what's reported to the trades. So it's all I've got to go with officially. Um, the two Sydney shows were reported and um, came in at 96% sold. That's 24,839 of 25,839 seats uh, for both shows combined. I don't know what the individual ones are, whether one was sold out or or not. Uh, the gross was nearly 3 million US dollars and that's four. Wow. 4.25 roughly uh, million Australians. So, okay. yeah, apparently, you know, they, they've got five sold-out dates there, um, you know, but are fans enjoying the shows? Well, I see lots of Australian friends posting lots of happy Australian photos of KISS fans in Australia seeing KISS finally in Australia. <laughs> so there, there, we, there we go. That's ultimately the only thing that matters in terms of metrics. Are the fans going nuts? It certainly looks that way. What else is going on? Um, any other any other news? God, I can't even remember now whether there was anything. There's a doc interview. Um, yeah, else? Adelaide. That's posted on, on the message board. And also, I think, a couple of other new sound bites here and there. Uh, why don't we get to some comments? Ken, you want to read some of our recent comments from the last episode? And thank you for everyone who tuned in and gave us your ears for that hour. It seemed to be well-received. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, yeah, uh, I picked a few comments out uh, from last episode. Um, again, yeah, thank you for your comments, good or bad. Uh, it's it's all good. So here we go. Uh, first one is from uh, our friend David Donnelly. Oh. Uh, good friend. Um, and he says, and this is regarding, I believe, the Creatures uh, release. Uh, again, I wonder if there will be some sold in the UK. I spent way too much getting Destroyer box and colored vinyl from Kiss Online. And sure enough, Several UK outlets had it after the release and much cheaper. Um, he said it was in the about creatures, I think, a great box set, unmissable. But yes, I'd love to, I would have loved to, uh, a full Rio DVD in there too, I guess, in the box or Rio. So, yeah, I would like that too. That would be good. And I think it'll be out there in, in the UK. So, I think it'll be okay. Um, but thank you, David, for that. Uh, next one uh, I have uh, from uh, Rex uh, Smitzer. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this box set. I actually think, from a music perspective, this creature's box set might have been, uh, or might even be better than Destroyer. 
I understand why they did what they did for the live tracks, but as a completist, it would be nice to get those inserts in their entirety. I really don't think those leaked soundboard shows will have any negative effect on the box set. I think it actually made more it it made more interest now. What do you guys think? I love I love the show, guys. Um, yeah, well. What I think is, uh, yeah, it may have created more interest. I think it was going to sell well anyway, either either way. Um, it's just, yeah, we were talking offline, and Julian said about the ex- being excited. It'd be, it probably would have been more exciting to see those, uh, you know, shows, live shows, uh, when Kiss announced it versus us kind of seeing it beforehand. <laughs> you know, it's like like a senior Christmas present early. You know, kind of yeah. And then getting the set, the, the track listing before the uh, the press release, so you know, right, right, perfect so, storm. Yeah, so thanks, thanks, Rex, for that. Uh, one more, and this is more on the other side of things. Um, from Richard Webb, um, three hundred dollars for pieces of paper. Some demo CDs I know I would uh, play once. Back in the box they go. I bought the Destroyer box kit because it was my second Kiss album, but even after I looked at all these paper replicas, I placed all the paper goods back in the box, and I haven't opened it since. The only thing I'll be ordering is the remastered Creatures album. Even the shirt... Yeah, even the shirt that comes with the deluxe just looks so cheap with the fonts, and they had to slap the in-concert phrase on the shirt, which I think looks ridiculous. Some, same with the Love Gun t-shirts that they used uh, the sleeping bag logo. <clears throat> Whoever's coming up with these t-shirts certainly could do a better job. I really hope they come out with something for Kiss Alive 2. Yeah, me too. Oh, so um, that, that now we know why you're reading that comment. Yeah, wow. yes. Yeah. Uh, who didn't stare at the gatefold for hours as a kid? Yeah, that, that one needs to be translucent yellow vinyl. Lonnie, I listened to Appetite for Destruction Deluxe today. You've got? Do you own the deluxe? I do. I own the, the big box. Now going going to that comment, how often oh, do you get stuff? Get <laughs> yeah, how, how often do you get stuff out of it and actually, or do you just listen to the music? Because I think that I, is a fair comment about all boxes. I think that is a, an excellent comment about all yeah. box sets. Is how often do do you look at it? How how I mean we we. I mean, I own the original Kiss box set from from 2001. How often do I open up that you know little miniature guitar guitar case and look at the the book that came with it? Not very often. Um, yeah, how often do I open up that big Appetite for Destruction thing and go and flip through the big book and look at all the little trinkets and everything that it that it came with? Not very often. If but but it's a collector's item. Box sets are collector's items yeah. more than anything else, and. Yeah. And it's and they're made for the Uber fans that that are the super collectors. And and and, and what is Kiss? Kiss is the ultimate collector type band. You know what I mean? So if if you don't want to if you don't want to get the super three hundred dollar box set, then Kiss has Kiss and Universal have made it easy for you to own different versions of it. You don't have to buy the three hundred dollar one. No one's telling you. That this is the only way you're gonna get it is by the three hundred dollar one. 
go go download it off of iTunes that morning. If, if, if that's fine too. Mm-hmm. You, no one no one's telling you that you have to get it or it's the only way to go to get it. Even with the Guns and Roses book, yeah, they had that big you know appetite box. You know, you open it up, it has a big mm-hmm. cross on it. But there was also, and that anthem was really, really expensive. I didn't buy it when it first came out because it really came down in price because people, because it was ridiculously expensive, and I bought it when it came down in price. But there were other versions of it too that you could get. Guns, guns did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to spend that much money on the big one, that's fine. More power to you. But if, yeah. but if, but if you want to spend that kind of money on it, and and have it to slide in next to your destroyer box set, that's that's great too. I bought the iTunes version of that Super Deluxe, you know? Uh, yeah. I bought the iTunes version of every Beatles Super Deluxe that's come out. I don't want those boxes. And uh, yeah. Beatles Revolver confirmed as the next one, to no surprise, which yes. I'm looking forward to. But at least if they get one for, or two, actually two further back, Beatles for Sale, I would love if there's anything around that or uh, Rubber Soul. So, I'd like to, I, I, need to, I need to say something, though, before we continue this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I have a comment that I want to read and just to show that the supporters of this podcast are in fact fantastic people. Now, as you remember, I mentioned in the last podcast that I had missed out on the revenge final that came out and was on here kind of, you know, pleading with people if they had anybody had an extra, if they could, you know, possibly sell me one. Well, I got a message today. And I'm not going to say his full name because he didn't get back to me to say whether it was cool or not to use his full name. So I'm just going to say his name is David, okay? And he wrote me the following. Hi, Mark. I have two copies, and I'd like to send one to you as a gift and a thank you. Just need your shipping address. I really enjoy your contributions to the podcast, especially the recording and mixing angles on the discussions. I'm also a relatively new fan to Project Gemini. I am enjoying the vinyls of book one and two of the trilogy and have pre-ordered book three. I'll definitely be expanding into your other titles. Thank you again and keep up the good work. So let it not be said that we don't have fantastic supporters of this podcast because, you know, I said it fully expecting to and had no problem in paying to get this record. I had no problem with it. But here he said out of the goodness of his heart and as a thank you, he's sending me a copy of it. You know, just as is. So, we, you know, you hear things about us, you know, the board being cesspool and this and that. But you know what? We have a lot of great people on the board and a lot of great people watching this podcast. And this is proof to me that there are lots of them. That's very, very cool and absolutely true. Nice. We do appreciate all of you out there who listen to us, everyone who reads the board, participates in it, reads it without an account. You know, you're, you're still reading the same stuff, you know, that other people are participating in. You know, you said the cesspool. Uh, we, we're we're going to see next week just how many nice comments I'm getting. Um, that, that, that should be interesting. So uh, do, do, do tune in if you so wish. All right. Should we get on with some board topics this week? Because, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think let's go back to the box set question you know that Lonnie and I started on and Lonnie back to you 300 bucks too much or are you going to stick by what you've already said that uh, you know if you don't like it you can buy another version or is going up that far from the last price point a step too much well I was surprised when when it came out Friday morning uh, when I saw the the price of it. it had a little sticker shock to, to it you know what I mean I was like oh wow 300 we I, I, I know 
inflation is a thing right now, um, but we're not, we're not here to talk about inflation. And, mm -hmm. and I know that, you know, and, and, and costs just go up, period. But, and, and then, you know, I think one of you guys said in our group chat, well, they might have looked at, oh, look how well that destroyer sold. I mean, we could, we, we could, we could, we could up the price a little bit. I think you said that, Ken. So I was a little surprised by the 300. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'll probably do it. I mean, I'll, I'll probably, I haven't ordered it yet. I'm probably just going to order it off of Amazon because I had, I had a bad experience ordering it off of Kiss Online last year because it didn't ship on time. And Amazon had it. People were getting it. And I got, you know, mm -hmm. pissed off. And then I had to fight to get my money back. And it was a whole thing. But I'll probably end up ordering it off of Amazon um, when it's available. And I'll, and I'll probably, and I'll order it. I'll do it. But if, but I, but like I said earlier, if you don't want to do it, I mean, three hundred dollars—that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's that's no joke. So, you know, if you know, and most people watching this already have probably at least one version of creatures, if not four or five. So, if you don't need another physical copy and, you, and you're you're just interested in in the demos and the live tracks, just order it off of Amazon. I mean, not order off of Amazon. Just get download it off of iTunes or or something like that too. So. It's not. It's the three hundred dollar one. It's kind of like what Kiss says about their their thousand dollar or twelve hundred dollar ticket for the meet and greet. You know, it's not for everyone. And the three hundred dollar Creatures of the Night box set, it isn't for everyone either. But there's multiple ways for you to enjoy this release. I walked by a Porsche Panamera today. I can't afford one, so I'll keep driving my car and do what I can do within, within my budget. That's just simply a matter of life. I think there's a certain amount of sticker shock. I, I, there's no way to not say inflation because everything's up. We all know that in our personal lives, whether we're filling up with gas, buying a, a gallon of milk, you know, and some people uh, have budgets that mean they're now buying a half gallon of milk, you know, or half dozen eggs. So it is affecting everyone, but it is also affecting businesses. Every single thing that goes into a product has a line item, whether it's time, whether it's advertising, PR, whatever. The, the, the list is endless. I don't, I'm not shocked that a lot of those things have gone up, um, as have the manufacturer's costs, um, you know, the people who press. Mark, how tough is it? You know, you're in the, you're in the business. You have, rep, you have product pressed. You have product designed. I, I, don't, I don't think you have a team the size that Universal would for a creature's box set to deal with, but you're certainly interfacing with pressing plants uh, and printing plants. How tough is it to keep prices down? and reasonable for a customer base without alienating them? Um, it, it's tough. I mean, let, let's put it this way. Unless you get a little creative and try to figure ways to offset the cost, it, it, it becomes more and more difficult. I mean, I was very lucky that the price of the vinyl that I like do for my releases has stayed relatively the same, like maybe $20 here, $30 there. But one thing that did go up a lot was getting the lacquers made. It, it has gone up, like since I did an ordinary day, I was looking at 300 bucks to do them. And now for this last album, for book three, I had to pay over $500 to get lacquers done now. So one of the things though that I was lucky with, and I had fantastic supporters, again, thank you very much for this too. I'll mention that I sell test pressings, right? And the test pressings sometimes help help offset some of these costs it doesn't cover it completely but it covers quite a bit of it enough that you know i'm not like you know 
eating macaroni and cheese for a month afterwards because I can't afford it. I have to use all my extra money for it, you know. But it, it, it is getting, you know, trickier. And I really don't want to increase the cost of my stuff because of that. So I will continue to try to look for other ways to do stuff, you know, offer, you know, handwritten lyrics, offer whatever I can in extras. And sometimes when people do grab these things, it helps offset some of the cost for me. So, and, you know, also setting up a decent system for which I distribute the stuff helped me keep this shipping cost down, which helps as well, because I'm telling you, I'm ordering some stuff off of Bandcamp and the record is like, let's say 30 bucks and the shipping is like 29.50. It's almost as much as the, the album. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Like, it's unbelievable how much it costs for some of this shipping. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot, lot of the times I get a lot of thank yous from my supporters saying, thank you for keeping the shipping between, you know, six and $11 which is unheard of, but I, I have my little ways that I can do that, right? So, you know, it's, you have to you have to try to find ways to make things work. Otherwise, it, it'll get, you know, more and more difficult to, uh, to do that. And talking about the KISS box that I also was kind of sticker shocked when it came up. I was all ready to go to buy the box when I saw it was 300 bucks US. So for me, it's like 400 plus Canadian. You know, for that, I was like, oh, shit, I couldn't really afford at the time. But I did buy the 3LP blue vinyl version. I jumped on that right away, you know, and I'm getting a shirt as well. And, you know, there's some other things that I didn't get from the other ones that I that are now kind of in decent price ranges. So I might, you know, go grab the gold love gun pressing that's still available. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. But, you know, the funny thing is sometimes something might happen. Like I have a situation come up where a band has asked me to master their album for them. And because of that, I might be able to buy the box set now. So nice. it's funny how something like that happens and all of a sudden, you know, hey, now I might actually have the extra money to buy it. So, you know, sometimes you have to be patient with this stuff. Just like Lonnie said, you know, wait a bit. When it comes on Amazon, you might pay a lot less and might get it a lot quicker. Yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting. I mean, it was listed on Amazon for a little while this week, and then they pulled it. So I guess you know, Kiss Online's going to get a period of ex exclusivity, and I think one of the products um, that was announced is exclusive to Kiss Online, because if you, they have to send Universal has to send product to Amazon at wholesale, I bet they get more profit out of Kiss fans by selling it through Kiss Online, and that's just business 101 than they do than when we buy it off Amazon, even if we like to leverage our prime shipping and you know usually can't use coupons even you discover who I usually order a product through um, because of shipping issues you know aren't going to provide that much of a discount nor will they allow me to use any of my VIP coupons on it Ken 300 bucks too much is it is it what's the voice of reason got to say <laughs> about it all it's a little too much uh, just in my opinion um, but uh this looks about the same as just you know destroyer box not too different um but yeah i mean i could see them raising it but uh it's a 50 if it's inflation they 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 increased it by 50 percent. i don't think the inflation rate is 50 percent. not that high <laughs> so not but, yet uh, they're ahead of the but, curve yeah i mean they're ahead of the curve <laughs> there may be other factors involved um and that i don't know so um, it is it is what it is and Lonnie said well, well you know you buy some of you know we have many copies already some of us so I, like this one here I mean here's a one copy mm. here's one that's a you know it's a gatefold 
copy. And this is, that is, the, actually is that the, the glow in the dark or the is picture? That the glow in the dark. It is the glow in the dark. Right? I got the glow in the dark too. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So. I've never even held one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, uh, you can get the other versions, you know. Uh, again, like Mark said, the color, the half speed version. I'm so, you know, what's really surprising to me that they didn't do a picture disc. Yet. Um, because, well, yeah, because that's one of, one of the most, you know, best album covers out there. And you'd think they'd do a picture disc of that. I mean, I have two picture discs of creatures already, of course. Of course, but, but, uh, of course. One from that era, that one I showed you, they did a picture disc too. And then the old one from the 80s is like Norway or whatever it is. Holland. Holland. Um, I have that too, uh, that I bought for in a store actually when it came out. So got it regular, regular old price. But yeah, you know, three hundred dollars. There, there's some other box sets that are like that, expensive like that. You're gonna see. You're gonna a business is gonna stress the market to see how much leeway they have and yeah. universal has been upping the price wholesale of its vinyl in order to try and cool off some of the vinyl market that's why you've seen a lot of these uh, you know increases in certain titles number one they're popular but then you'll also see things happen like the original price of kiss vinyl was way too high and they had to lower it because it wasn't selling so it's it's always a dynamic market you see how much pain uh, people are willing to allow their wallets to take or how much abuse will take from our spouses um, or you know how many meals were macaroni and cheese meals were willing to eat to get this stuff but you know there are limits and business is business so like Lonnie said the appetite for deluxe the appetite for deluxe was had its price lowered and he got on board with it so we we shall see Lonnie I'm going back to you for the, this one because it kind of ties in with everything that we've talked about before and during so far. You know, are we, and that is the KISS online world, a would've, could've, should've community? Are we a would've, could've, should've community? Yep, rather Absolutely. than realists. Absolutely, you know, that's what we that's what we do. And we sit around and say, well, you know, that's what, that's, what, that's what we do in this podcast too, is we sit around and say, well, KISS, they should've done this. Oh, I wish they would have done this. Oh, they really missed the. How many times have we have had shows about? Oh, it was a missed opportunity right there. Four hundred twenty-seven you know? times, Lonnie. Four hundred twenty-seven. Exactly. One thousand percent. You know that's what we do as as Kiss fans. Is talk about how well they missed, really missed the boat on that one. Oh, I wish they would have done that. Well, I think that was a misstep. I, you know, every everybody's a backseat driver, but I, th I think I think a lot of fans of if you're an Uber fan about Metallica, you probably sit around and, and say things like that too. Like, oh, they, they really screwed up when they released Load, you know? They should have done something different. Whatever. I think all, you know, there, there's Guns N' Roses podcasts that talk about that. But I think, I, think that's for, I think that's fair for any band. I think most Uber fans are woulda, coulda, shoulda about their band. Like, if I was in charge, I would have done it differently. And it's real <laughs> yeah. easy in hindsight, obviously, too. Yeah, everyone's an armchair quarterback, but you, you, rather than focusing on the reality, because what, how, what fun would it be to watch four guys on a show go, I like Deuce, and Ken's, I like Deuce, and Lonnie's, I like Deuce, and Mark's, I like Deuce. Well, or I like Destroyer. We do all like Deuce. No. <laughs> I, I know, but we certainly don't all like Destroyer, joking. so, yeah. you know, it, it would make the conversation very boring. I mean, what's your take on that, Ken? Exactly. <laughs> 
Well, I was just thinking, well, maybe the next episode we should, that we do, you know, 428, it should be, you know, what what did KISS do right? <laughs> maybe to try to offset everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we do talk about, you know, oh, that album cover, well, you know, why did they do that, you know, and we should have done this, they should have done the gatefold, they should have put a poster in this, they should have had a different photo on you know all that kind of stuff that we go through and about songs that they picked or why didn't they put you know it's my life on creatures the original release and you know that kind of stuff so yeah it's we criticize it's not necessarily criticizing uh it's just like we thought we want kiss to be the best they can be even though you know it's they've already done it and we, we like to like well jesus i wish they would have really done this or that but you know um we just want the best from from kiss and uh which we've gotten a lot of great stuff obviously it's you know, <coughs> what are we complaining about here um we got a lot of great music and great videos and live shows that we've attended and that kind of stuff so they've done a heck of a lot more right than than wrong <laughs> definitely um in my opinion so yeah, but, you know, we're always looking for something better or, you know, little nitpicking things that we do. Yeah, there, there we go. That's next week's topic. That'll be interesting. I'll have to figure out how to frame that question uh, because we do often start with what did they do wrong? How would we have done it better or different? So mm-hmm. there we go. Next week. Uh, Mark. Yeah, I think that uh, Ken kind of hit the nail on the head as far as what I think comes, where this all kind of comes from. I think that it kind of comes from a good place. I kind of think it comes from a place where people want to have KISS at at its very best, you know. Everybody kind of thinks like, on one hand, that maybe, you know, Gene's listening. Maybe he'll take some of my advice and maybe he'll listen, you know. Like, I think people sometimes kind of do it from a a, a hopeful perspective. And I don't think that people give these comments to, to tank kiss or to make them worse i think they're trying to do to improve kiss in their own minds right but of course we don't know all the happenings and the doings behind the scene i mean having been in this business for a while myself you know there's a lot of stuff that you get your eyes open to when you start learning what's going on you know in studios and you know behind the scenes at you know pr companies or management meetings and stuff like that you'd be very shocked at what gets talked about and what doesn't get talked about and who gets involved and who doesn't? How many times a band is not even involved with some of the decisions that are made? You know, when man- management and a lawyer get together, sometimes they make a decision on something and the band's like, oh, really? That's what happened? Okay, I guess, uh, you know, I guess we have no say. And then the lawyer, the lawyer or the manager will turn around and say, hey, you're paying me 20% or 15% for this kind of work, you know? And there's the argument sometimes, right? So, you, you know, you never know what's happening behind the scenes, right? And you know, I think that this whole, you know, perspective that we try to give in is just trying to give KISS, you know, other options, I guess. Maybe people think that if we present them and talk about them, maybe somewhere down the line they'll, they'll hear about it. I, you know, that's wishful thinking, of course, but, you know, you never know. Sometimes they might listen to the podcast. They might hear something. I mean, I, I'm involved in the Yes Music podcast, and to my surprise, about a year and a half ago, I actually discovered that a lot of those guys from the band actually do listen to the podcast because their management now was in direct contact with us. And so was their PR company. So, you know, 
we get now stuff ahead of time sent. We get a lot of press stuff ahead of time. We get the album. About, we got the album two and a half months before it got released. When Yes released their new album, so you know, it does happen. You know, it's not a fool's errand to think. Okay, you know, it's Kiss listing. Maybe they are. Who knows? But you know, every band is different. Every band does stuff differently. And you know, I like I said, I think that our comments and the comments of the people that are on, on here usually come from a good place. Yeah. I'm going to get, pull a topic straight off the board that from yesterday. Lonnie, Rock and Roll Over is mostly mediocre filler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Um... Speechless. That was that was my that was my reaction as well. I'm just going I, like, WTF. Ha, it, it, I, I can't even say was it your first time through listening to it because I think your I I think your first time listening through Rock and Roll Over you'd be like shit and like just flip it back over to put, put it on again. Um, I think that's how I was as a kid when I first listened to Rock and Roll Over. I mean, granted, I'd heard. I had heard um, I Want You and I had heard um, Call Me Dr. Love because I had um, Double Platinum and Smash the Arches and his. But I think like when I bought Rock and Roll Over and I you know, heard songs like Mr. Speed and See You in Your Dreams and and I guess I'd heard Making Love too because that's on Double Platinum also. But and, but but hearing like Take Me and it's like holy shit. Like no. No, it's not filler. It's it's, I mean, it's arguably their best album. I, I, I think if you pulled Kiss fans, you know, there, there'd be some fans that would say Creatures. You know, some fans would say, you know, like Revenge, like me. A lot of them would say Destroyer. Sorry, Mark. But a lot of people would say Rock and Roll Over as well. I mean, it, it's, I think it would be in everyone's top five. So I, 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 I would need a little bit of explanation as to why someone like, said it's filler. Okay, so they, they, they say that it has four mega songs, mega songs, and <laughs> I Want You, Dr. Love, Mr. Speed, and Hard Luck Woman. But the rest ranges from mediocre to bad. Mm. Well, four out of ten is almost half the album you're saying is mega songs, first of all. <laughs> it's almost half the album. It's 40%. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I personally can't believe this comment here. Making love is a bad song. I'm confident that with three weeks of guitar lessons, anyone on this board could have easily written a song like Making Love. No, you know what? That's absolutely incorrect. <laughs> First of all, you have to, you know, this whoever wrote this, I don't know if they've ever made love or not, but, you know, you have to be able to make love first to make a comment like that. Uh, but anyways, uh, wow. also, playing, playing the song, it may sound easy, but you have to write it. See, this is the thing I don't understand about people. You know, I've known, I knew this drummer guy who was like, yeah, man, I can play all the Neil Peart stuff. I, I could show you right now my drum kit. Okay, that's great that you could play it, but could you think of it and could you write it? That's a big difference between being able to play it and being able to come up with it and write it, okay? Now, you're saying that this, these songs are not that great, but guess what? Most people, including myself, have ranked this album as the, their favorite record of all time. Julian has said it. I've said it, you know, and... They, these are not bad songs. Sure, some of the lyrics are tacky, but think of the time period that these songs are written in. You know, you put here, put your hand in my pocket, grab onto my rocket is the worst lyric in history. Yeah, it's not the greatest lyric either, but there's far worse. There's far worse lyrics than that. Read and this is, my this is the, body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
and there's there's all kinds of stuff you know they you know torpedo girls terrible give me more. you know yeah give me more <laughs> you know look it's just a matter of you have to think of the time period and you got to think of you know what was happening at the time and what they were trying to go for what was their image at the time <clears throat> they're writing for their image as well right paul stanley's not going to write a song that doesn't work well with his whole character you know and i think you know grab onto my rocket there was just probably perfect for it you know i think that it's great i mean making love i think it's fantastic i even like baby driver and he said that i can't defend baby driver possibly the worst peter song in the whole catalog <laughs> no there's far worse than ones than that okay so yeah i mean yeah and I, I know I, I hit below the belt there a little bit with that comment, so I apologize. But, you know, that that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So. Well, someone put a quarter in, which is 10 cents Canadian, and Mark. Uh, wow. Ken! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Filler. Um, sure, I mean, maybe you could call a couple of them kind of filler. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Take Me is a great song. Those songs are, you know, are really good. Um, I, I I don't know. Between that, that album, what, what's really good about that album, maybe it may not have all their best songs, but it's the production of it. It's so great. It's like the perfect production for them, other than maybe Creatures. Um, those, those two albums just have great production, and that kind of lifts the songs, you know? Um, even if if you played Hard Luck Woman or take say take me or I want you let's just say I want you and in, in destroyer type type production it wouldn't be very it wouldn't be half as good as it was on Rock and Roll Lover so anyway yeah I mean it's all so addictive. if it sounded like Love Gun it wouldn't be as great as it was and that's why Love Gun isn't as great as Rock and Roll Lover Sonics yeah I like I like yeah. Uh, yeah, Logan would have been much better had they if. That's they a balls. Yeah, yeah, it would have been better. I mean, because there's a lot of great songs on that album, obviously. Um, you know, then she kissed me. You know, throw that away. I mean, that's a no. That's that's what I would call filler. Yeah. Okay, something like that. Um, otherwise, I, I I don't know. But anyway, you know, it's, you know, you have your own views, and that's it's all good. You know, we all have different views. So, um, but. Rock and Roller is probably my favorite album too, um, so it, it, it's just the way it is. Though yeah. I agree that I'm not saying it's all their best music. It's not doesn't have Shout It Out Loud, doesn't have Detroit Rock City, doesn't have Deuce on it. But I like it because like the production and everything and the sound and just they're on and they're on top of their the vocal capabilities and playing and everything just just. It's just like a, a, a storm, you know, all you know, come together. So anyway, and a lot of it's on the live too. There you go, you know. But I, I think I think you nail it that the production, the songs, the package, everything comes together yeah. very very well everything on on that. Are, are some songs stronger than others? Yeah, without a doubt. It's an album of 10 songs. That's going to happen. I think the parting shot of this comment, verdict, overall mediocre album. Well, no. No. Disagree. Though there are no wrong answers because we all have different opinions. He, he calls it, I assume it's a he, is the next worst of the first six after Dressed to Kill. Next to worst. 
which is the next question, Lonnie. Which is the your least favorite of the first six? <laughs> Make a face when you ask me that question because it's so hard. Um, well, is it one that varies, or is it one that you would consistently uh, kind of select? And, and I think it. It's between two. I, I, I think I'm going to have to say, I think I would say Hotter Than Hell is my least favorite of the six. Mm-hmm. And that's tough because I like Hotter Than Hell. I like I like a lot of the songs on Hotter Than Hell. Um, but as we've talked about before, the production on Hotter Than Hell is is really leaves something to be desired. I mean, I like Parasite. I like mm-hmm. Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Um, I like Got to Choose. But none of those songs, but none of those versions of those songs are my go-to version of that song. If I want to listen to Got to Choose, it's off of MTV Unplugged. If I want to listen to Parasite, it's off of a lot. If I want to listen to Coming Home, it's off MTV Unplugged. If I want to listen to Going Blind, it's off MTV Unplugged. It's not those versions. Um, again, I just listed, you know, some really, if I want to listen, let me, let me go rock and roll, it's off of a lot. Um, I've just listed some some really great Kiss songs and some classic Kiss songs that appear on that record, but it's the hard, it's the hardest one of the six I think to listen to, um, front to back. Not that it's hard to listen to, but of the six of them, it's, it's the one I I I play the least. Um, you know, the first one probably either be top one maybe, Dress to Kill. Sorry. <laughs> Just to kill it or rock and or rock and roll over. It was, it was, that was a tough little comparison we did a couple weeks. But for me, always, the, my, my, least, my least favorite would be How Do the Hell. Always, always good to put someone on the spot with these questions because Mark and and uh, see these guys get to think about. It. I know they do, and 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 so do I. But I I I disagree with Hotter Than Hell because I wouldn't change it because it would ruin it. Just like Destroyer Resurrected never gets played for me. I, I go to the mix down of the the Blu-ray from Destroyer now as my kind of definitive mm. go-to to hear all that extra stuff. But albums that have sonic problems, I often find have more character. Say, take the leather version of Motley Crue's Too Fast for Love. That's the only one I will listen to. That's a great to. one. Yeah. Um, take the yeah. original version of Twisted Sisters Under the Blade. I'll take that any day over the remix, re whatever the fuck you want to call that <laughs> thing, you know. So, you know, you, you get used to the character, even though initially it may be displeasing, especially in sonic contrast to others. I mean, if I go with any least favorite of the first six, it's always Love Gun. And it's not because of the material per se, because you've got I Stole Your Love, you've got Christine 16, you've got Almost Human and Love Gun and even Hooligan. You know, it is simply down to I don't like the sonics of that more than I don't like the sonics of um, Hotter Than Hell, because the songs on Hotter Than Hell are core catalog songs, foundational stuff, whereas some of the stuff... um, is less so tomorrow and tonight and you know then she kissed me married with a production and i often call it a sister album to dress to kill because of the similar very kind of overly polished has taken off all the edge so it's usually between dressed and kill and love gun but love gun today is the one i'll I'll go with ken yeah i mean they're all good albums um but (laughs) uh, for me 
Dress to Kill is, is the one that what? is my least favorite out of those. Not because technically the, the production's fine. It's kind of a, a, you know, more of a poppy, catchy kind of sound to it. Um, but I think the material was rushed. That's part of the problem for me, some of it, especially Gene songs. And I'm a Gene fan, so I think that's Gene's worst effort of the 70s um, on, on that album, really. Um, I mean, they brought She, but that She was already out there from before that they just finally put on the album on the Just to Kill. Um, I think Room Service is even kind of rushed. Um, and they had that lead, they had that instrumental lead into Rock Bottom, which is great, but I think it was it was just they had to do it. <laughs> they had to fill, the, fill, fill it out. Um, but though there's some great songs on there, obviously, you know. Come on and love me, and you know, rock and roll all night, and that sort of thing. But that that album just, to me, is seems like a rush job. It could have been even, it could have been a lot better, I think, um, if they had more time. You know, they just had to crank it out and get back out there on the road. So that's the one I I pick for least favorite out of the six first six. Okay, we're not going to ask Mark. That's why. That's why you we, tune we into already the show. Know what... That's why you tune into the show because you ask four guys what their least favorite album is, the original six, and you get four different answers. Or do we, Mark? That's true. Come on, Mark. Why don't you share with us which of the original six albums that are the classic, <laughs> highest of the high, the best of Kiss, do you dislike? Uh, well, I think it's well known within the community that I absolutely loathe Destroyer. It is the worst Kiss record in Wait, existence. You, you don't like Destroyer? No, I, I do not like Destroyer. Meanwhile, someone it said you clutch my pearls. <laughs> well, no, they're sending me, sending me a revenge album. Oh, okay. All right. It's revenge. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. And uh, the, the, the thing is, what you, what you all kind of discussed is the one of the main reasons why i hate it so much is the production of it i don't like the piano all this symphony orchestra stuff children's choir you know his kids yelling over you know cb radios on you know it, it's just does not kiss okay it's not it's not <laughs> it's not it's not the kiss that i was wanting to hear at that point Okay, or expecting to hear at that time in their career. Okay, so I think Ezrin should be, you know, slapped in the head for that, and thought, you know, you know, told to rethink it. And I think that's maybe why they redid it. You know, maybe that's why they did, you know, the whole, you know, redone one. Maybe he wanted to try something different. Maybe he wanted to try to do something more, you know, against the grain to what he did. You know, I, I still don't think, you know, Resurrected is much better because it still has a lot of the elements in there that I didn't like to begin with. So, uh, yeah, I, I really can't stand Destroyer. It's it's just a terrible record. Well, I'm shocked, Mark. I'm absolutely shocked. So why, why don't we just go, go straight back to you? And uh, this was another pretty good topic, actually. I, I even t chimed in on it several times. Do you think that the 1980 Unmasked tour was a success? Um, 
Yeah, I, I think in a way it was because, you know, this is, they played a lot of markets that they had not played before. I mean, if, if my memory serves me correctly, when they went on Destroyer Tour, they, you know, they went to like England and a couple of spots, like I think, you know, in Sweden and stuff like that. I don't think they like attacked Europe as deeply as they did in the 1980 tour. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that they went into more detail as far as touring in that area. And, you know, apart from a few, you know, mishaps, like I remember reading in the book somewhere that, you know, they had a, some crazed fans in Italy trying to rush their dressing room and stuff like that, which probably didn't make them feel very, you know, secure about touring the rest of Italy. But, you know, I think overall, I think that that tour did pretty well for them. I mean, they went in and, you know, broken a lot of ground. I mean, I remember reading though at the end too, that they said that you know, polygram or no phonogram actually, sorry, were not too happy with the amount of money that got spent on the tour and how much they got hit up for. Or so maybe on a financial level, it was not a success. But I think as far as expanding their fan base and, uh, you know, getting the name Kiss spread across Europe, I think it was a success. Lonnie, we'll see you. I think it was a success for them. Um, I mean, they hadn't toured Europe since since right before Destroyer came out. They were able to do that. You know, we've, we've all seen the crowds that they attracted in Australia in 1980. You know, they had kind of over, it's, and it's, they really toured the States extensively for Dynasty. You know, it might have been a little bit of an oversaturation of the market, and they had toured the U.S. so much between 74 and 79. And they did kind of oversaturate the market, and and, and they were smart enough to know that there wasn't a market for them for, for a tour in 1980, that that they should give, um, you know, give, give the Americans a break. Um so they didn't tour. It would would have drawn in the U.S. for a mass. We don't know. But I, I think for the the tour itself, I think it was a success. They 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 went to Australia for the first time. They toured Europe again for the first time in in I guess four years. So you know, it, it was a success for what it was. Absolutely. <coughs> yeah, I think they simply surviving 1980. You have to call the tour a success. They they. Lost a drummer, gained a drummer, successfully went out on the road, survived a tour, spent way too much money. Um, do you separate commercial success with uh, the hype? Because on a hype, it was definitely a success, especially in Australia, less so in Europe, um, where a lot of venues weren't sold out and they were back in smaller venues just from the nature of it being Europe, they couldn't tour America. I mean, come on, they went from Madison Square Garden in 79 down to the Palladium, you know, and they still had to engage the second run of ads for that show to get 3,400 sold out. So I, I don't think there, there was a market. There was a reason for touring Europe because of Phonogram, the New Deal, but they, I, I, I really don't know with the shifting, you know, taste in music in 79. Van Halen's becoming a monster. ACDC's, you know, coming into their heyday. Priest, you know, British Steel. Uh, you know, the, the list is endless. Even the bands that were more of the stadium rock, the REO Speedwagons. You know, there are a lot of bands that are, are you know, more popular. 
but all the kind of old guard are falling off. Nugent's falling off. BOC's, I think, falling off at that point, though they did, burning the flame, have, you know, resurgence, uh, you know, like a eight-year overnight success 81. story. 81 was, you know, that. Uh, but Aerosmith obviously had imploded as well by that time, so and had problems touring the U.S. and even given up and, you know, just gone into the clubs to, to keep revenue uh, moving. So I think KISS was in a similar boat. But the tour itself, that it was completed successfully. And I'm going to explore a lot of this in Mask Hysteria and, and put my theories to the paperwork that goes with it. Um, I think it has to be called a success, simply that they, they made it through, that they, they were able to... You know, bring Eric Carr into the fold and go on quite an extensive tour of the world and visit quite a few new markets, Australia, New Zealand, um, certainly Italy. Can't remember the other European countries that may have been the first uh, visit. Ken? Yeah, I was going to, it's funny you said that. I was going to, I was going to say, uh, I'll let you know once I read Mascasteria on whether it's it successful or not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, from a tour, Australia, very successful. They're like, they were like the Beatles. I mean, there, that, that that's the success they had. Uh, the pandemonium and stuff that was going on there for them um, by Australia was amazing. Uh, but uh, it's it's not a success for from the fact that they probably wanted to do a U.S. and well, I think they wanted to do a European. But there, I don't think the interest was there um, anymore. And like in the U.S., the the dynasty and the unmasked um, kind of, and the maybe the movie too, um, kind of threw them. You know, kind of had the kids come in and the older original fans kind of drift off. Um, therefore, they they really couldn't do it here. But yeah, from standpoint uh, of the Australia tour itself, definitely successful. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. All right, Kiss rules the month of September, Ken. <laughs> yeah, you put yeah, you, well, you you posted the topic. Lead us in, and what do you think is the <laughs> is the most uh, important part of September at that? You know, we're on the 1st of September today. What should we, what's the one event that you really think that we should be celebrating and how should we be celebrating it in the month? Um, I don't know. Um, it's a pop quiz. Kiss took off the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, there's a lot of things that happened in September. Uh, that's what I, I found that article and then I, I posted it up there. I think it was from 2017. Some guy wrote that. Um, and he listed a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, Kiss released and did. And in September, it's just a huge, yeah, huge, huge thing. And I always thought October was kind of the most, you know, active month. I think they're probably pretty even, I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, didn't. Um, oh, that's Scott. Scott Carr wrote that. That's cool. Yeah, lick it up. I must say, is a, is a big deal for me. Uh, that was mm. pretty cool. I was very excited after seeing the unmasking uh, uh, live or whatever on MTV in the evening, and I was like, oh, mm. this is this is pretty cool. Um, and I you know immediately went out and bought the uh, 
on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, it was like a Sunday night, and then I think a Tuesday was the release, oh. and I immediately at lunchtime uh, went and picked up Lick It Up. So yeah, that was an exciting time. Lonnie, September, what what would you pick as a, a standout? For me personally, it's the release of Psycho Circus. I remember um, skipping class in college to go buy Psycho. Yeah, no, I know. If only if I had went to that history class that morning, my life would be totally different. <laughs> um, but I remember, sk- I remember skipping, you know, not going to class that morning because I wanted to go buy Psycho Circus the, the moment it came out because it was the most anticipated Kiss album ever, really. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in, in, my, in, in my fandom anyway. And, yeah. and maybe the most anticipated Kiss album ever. I mean, I, I, I couldn't wait to go by, you know. And and I was totally bought in at the time. And I, I'd heard rumors that, I'd heard, I guess they're not rumors that they're true, but I'd heard things that it wasn't Ace and Peter. Even before the record came out, I was, you know, you, you were hearing things like that on probably, probably on the FAQ. And... <laughs> I uh, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it. I said those guys are full of shit. You know, no, it's Ace and Peter. Come on, it's the reunion album. Come on, you know. But <laughs> I, I, obviously, I was wrong. But for me, for me, it it's Psycho Circus. I, that, that's the one that came out in September. Really, at like the, almost at the height of my fandom. I I, I couldn't love Kiss any more than I did in 1990. So for me, that that's that's the one that stands out. That's the one I'd edit out. <laughs> no, ju- just because it was, you know, in hindsight, it was such a letdown because I bought into that album. I couldn't tell. It was a Kiss album. I didn't, I'm not a trained drummer. Yeah. I clearly don't have the ears to identify the difference between Ace and not Ace, though Into the Void is clearly one of the best songs on the album. But. I, I, it's been a reaction against it, you know, because once the conversations online started pointing out the what was obvious to many and not me, um, it, it just soured the whole thing that here was your chance, guys, and you basically mm-hmm. blew it uh, for whatever reasons. I, I, frankly, I don't care because it's on all four of those guys for blowing it. And, and just the fact that they brought Fairburn in, the completely wrong producer, I think it would have been a, a vastly different thing with, with would have, could have, should have, who I perceive to yeah. be uh, a more appropriate um, uh, a producer. So, you know, and, and the album hasn't aged badly either, which is weird. You know, that now I actually do listen to it more. I think I'm over my hump with it. It fits into the Kiss story probably perfectly because it isn't honest. Um, my my favorite thing in the month of September, it's going to have to be, the, the thing I'll, I'll, I'll celebrate, it's the 30th, is it the 35th? 35th anniversary of Crazy Nights. 87, 17, oh no, 36. 30, wait, no, it is 35th. I can't do math. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, because of the same reason that Lonnie said, the excitement and being so into it. I was a new fan at the time, you know, obviously with Asylum. 
Um, this was my first new release, though every album I bought from Kiss was my first new release, but this was the first new, new one. And I remember the excitement, the wait. God, it was a long wait. And the summer of 87 and 87, you know, just is all smushed into one because there was so much going on musically for me. Whitesnake, the 87 album, uh, Guns N' Roses. I'd been into them, you know, and following all the hype in the press going back to 86. And that was out. Def Leppard's Hysteria, the wait was over finally, Mm. was coming as well. And Aerosmith's Permanent Vacation had dropped. And Motley Crue, Girls, Girls, Girls that that year. I think that was earlier in the year. But there was a lot of excitement. But Kiss was the one that I was looking forward to. And I I was in Singapore at the time, so I I wasn't able to buy Hit Parade or Circus Magazine, so I was cut off from the world that summer, other than what music I was able to buy out there. So I'm I'm back in the U.S., and I'm on my bicycle. Uh, Actually, no, I was on the bus to to go down to Music City in Binghamton to get that. I remember going in, where's the new Kiss Crazy Nights album? Do you have it? You know, I have my shitty little red Sony Walkman uh, with those (laughs) terrible headphones. I still wear terrible (laughs) headphones, so nothing's changed. And I remember, you know, walking back to the bus stop and, like, sitting down in front of uh, the store. I can't remember what it was. Opening up that cassette deck. (laughs) Sliding in that cassette tape. Opening up. That was a long J card as well in that one. Mm. Uh, Doing a double take at a blue thong. Um... You know, and, pre- and, and pressing play. And by that point, I'd heard the lead-off single, so, you know, I, I, I was kind of over that. But it was like pressing it and hearing it, just the excitement of pressing play. Everything that came afterwards isn't really worth celebrating for me because of how I reacted to the album at a time where you have Master of Puppets and all those other albums going, and here is a Kiss album that doesn't sound anything like Kiss in terms of its sonics mm-hmm. but i think it's worth celebrating because you can never have that first moment again that first moment of anything in our lives mm-hmm. sticks with us yeah. forever mark yeah. yeah interesting because uh i'm kind of wondering what was in the water then because september seems to be the most productive month that kiss has ever done anything i mean it says here and i don't know if these are all correct dates but it says the solo albums came out the 18th out of Control came out in September. Lick It Up came out on the 18th. Crazy Nights came out on the 18th. Uh, Psycho Circus 22nd. Anomaly on the 15th. Asylum on the 16th. Uh, it's, you know, wouldn't it be surprising if they released an album this year in September? That would never happen. But if, that, if there was going to be a time that they release a record, maybe it'll be in September, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean, looking back at all, and even Alive apparently came out, was it September 10th, 75, I think they said? So... September seems to be the month for it. Is it because it's back to school? Are they trying to hit the kids up? You know, is it back to school time? You know, yeah. got the new binders and the, you know, pencil crayons and get your kids new Kiss album while other. you're at it. You know, it, 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 it's it's possible, but uh, some some lot of a lot of Kiss records came out at this time. You know, and uh, for me, of course, being who I am, my favorite. Uh, unmasked kiss record of all time is asylum and that came out september 16th 85 so i'm going to be definitely playing that one 
on heavy rotation that week <clears throat> as a celebration of that record because it's still to me a record I can go back to and listen to over and over and over again and it's probably one of the rare albums in my collection that I have on vinyl multiple copies you know UK US Canada blah 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 and they even had those ridiculous you know the Canadian with the white label and the Canadian with the blue label center label how they had those little variations of the vinyl I came out and people were hunting for it high and low. The Canadian Kiss collectors, there was a big brouhaha when one guy went into some record store, asked the guy to close the shop, gave him some extra money and went through his whole entire Kiss catalog of stuff and finally found one of these infamous dark blue asylum center label ones and posted it all over the internet. And everyone was like, wow, he found one. <clears throat> I ended up finding one as well. So that was cool. But, you know, I really think... <clears throat> that that album impacted me quite a, quite a bit, you know? And I like I said, it's the only record I have on vinyl, I have it on CD, and I have it on cassette too. So uh, you, you gotta love- It's a, a lot record. of play. Yeah, you, you, you gotta love a record to get uh, to get it on cassette as well. Plus I have a couple <laughs> of other ones. Believe it or not, I have Destroyer on cassette. So uh, that's gotta tell you something. So, uh, but yeah, Asylum is definitely my thing that I think should be celebrated in the month of September. Wow. I can't hear Julian. No, I'm sorry. I was just talk I was talk I was talking to myself again. I'm try I'm, I'm trying to do an order. No. I'm trying to trying to do an order right now. It's like, come on, complete order. Complete order. All right. Yeah. I, I just put the link for what I'm frantically ordering into oh, our, our, our little chat because it is a limited edition uh order confirmed all right so now i can wrap up this show all <laughs> back right to the show. back to the show um that's it that that really is it so anyone who's uh, been on the board today will have seen the cauldron versus the cesspool yeah um tune in next week to three sides and then we'll have a t conversation uh, about that as well. So, you know, look forward to everyone's comments on it. Again, we appreciate you watching us. We appreciate you watching any podcast and the thing that KISS fans do for others to enjoy. I happen to like getting together with these four guys or any of the guys that are part of our, our orbit and just talking about KISS for an hour or so every week. It makes my week better and uh, hopefully does the same for them and you. So for now, from Ken, from Lonnie, Mark, and myself, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.